starting in verse 11. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of His glory. Let's pray. Father, carry us through this passage today. Help us. Cause us, if we are weary and weak, to understand the encouragement of what this passage teaches us about you this morning. Convict and be kind and lead those prodigal children who might possibly be here this morning to repentance. Help them see that you are standing with arms open wide, ready to receive them. for those who are quite possibly like the older brother, looking down on the prodigal son, would you convict them of their spiritual arrogance and help them to err on the side of love and not judgment? And for those who are here whose hearts are hard, would you perform divine surgery today Would you put your spirit within them? I pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Imagine with me for a moment that as you leave church this morning, you hop into your car and your phone starts to ring. You look at it and it's an unknown number. But for whatever reason... You feel the motivation to answer it. An unknown number. You answer it, you say hello, and on the other line is a lawyer. Uh, That mythical aunt of yours has just died. And the lawyer tells you that she has left you an inheritance. It's a large inheritance. It's a great inheritance. You respond to the lawyer saying, Sir, I'm sorry, I'm not buying this scam. I don't have this ant. He insists, no, this ant is real. This inheritance is real. You can give him a call back, go check with your parents, but this is really happening. I mean, you could trust him. He works at men law firm. And so you call your parents, and your parents say, well, specifically your dad, he sighs, and says, yes, yes, this aunt is true, this was my sister, 
We kind of thought she went off the deep rail, and so we didn't really want you guys to interact with her, so we never introduced you to her. Why she's chosen you to inherit all of this beats me. And so you call up the lawyer, you make all of the things, everything that needs to happen, you do. You receive the inheritance, you invest the inheritance, you put it into stocks, you put it into the bank, and then a week later, the stock market crashes, banks are going under, and it's the Great Depression 2.0. All that inheritance that you thought you would receive, just like that, is gone. Have you ever worried that you wouldn't receive something that was promised to you? Maybe you've been let down too many times to trust in a person's promise face value. Maybe because you care about your status and your image, you have made promises that you knowingly couldn't kept but didn't want to let a person down. You know, unexpected events happen to make it possible to go through. The earrings that grandma promised to you when she passes and ended up going to the firstborn cousin and not you. Your parents tell you that if you get straight A's this quarter, that they'll take you to the play or to the game. And the day before the play, both of your parents get sick and are unable to take you. Friends tell you, I'm going to pick you up at this time. Be ready. All for your plans to fall through because somebody better came through. The Amazon package that gets promised to us when we look at the tracking update. You end up getting an email that it's been lost. In our passage today, Paul is telling his readers that it is guaranteed that they will inherit, they will obtain this inheritance. Just like at the beginning of this great song of praise, what Paul is doing is he's showing them that God will carry this out. Paul's tune in this passage, verses 3 through 14, does not change. The melody of the song goes a little like this. We have been chosen in him, predestined for adoption in him. We have Redemption in Him, and our inheritance is in Him because we have been sealed by the promised Holy Spirit. Sometimes we look at the gospel or God's salvation plan as just the ABCs of Christian life. Yes, Jesus needed to die for me, but then it's up to me to carry the rest out. No, God's salvation plan is the A through Z's. 
not the ABCs. What we should see this morning is that what God starts, he finishes. What God starts, he finishes. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about this. And how relieving this should be to us imperfect human beings who throughout the week trip over our feet, get back up, stumble some more, and keep on going to walk closer to God. How encouraging it should, should this be for those striving to walk in a holy and blameless manner before Him. Our passage this morning starts off with telling us that in Him we have obtained an inheritance. Here we see it very clearly, don't we? It is in Him that we obtain an inheritance, not ourselves. I briefly mentioned this earlier, but I want to be more specific here. So let's look at all of the ways before these verses that salvation is carried out by God. Verse 3, we are blessed in Christ. Verse 4, He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. Verse 5, in, him he, er, in love He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ. Verse 7, in Him we have redemption through His blood. Now, one way you might say that this inheritance is obtained is because of our unity with Christ. And that's exactly right. Because we are unified to Christ, we will obtain this inheritance. This is one of Paul's themes throughout this chunk of Scripture, that we've been unified to Christ. Look at what Paul says next then. Having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. This should sound a little familiar to us, shouldn't it? This is almost like I'm still old enough where Netflix wasn't a thing when I was growing up, so I had to wait week to week for TV shows to come out. And at times, if something important happened the week before, they would say previously on. This is a callback to something earlier. Look at verse 5 with me. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. What's happening here? What's the link between these two verses? When God predestined you for adoption as a son or daughter through Christ, he also had adopted you or predestined you to obtain an inheritance. You may be here this morning believing that your inheritance is a direct result of your good works. 
the more elderly people I can walk across the street, the more points we can store up heaven with God. The more activisms you are a part of and that you speak out for or against, then the better you can tailor-made and build your case with God so that way when you get to heaven, you can have this argument ready for him explaining, God, here are all of the things that I have done to obtain this inheritance. Let me in and have it. If this is you, this is a burden you cannot bear. And it doesn't have to be extreme. It can be subtle things. If I just love my wife well enough, God will be pleased with me. Which, yes, he will be. But that is not how we receive this inheritance. If I just work harder not to cuss off that person that cut me off, This is a burden you cannot bear. There are no amount of good works you can store up to receive the inheritance that Paul is speaking of here. And if you're here this morning banking on this, let me read to you Jesus' words, or say to you Jesus' words, who when guys came up to him and said, Lord, didn't we, didn't we do this? Didn't we, we did this too? We also did this and, and this and, and this. And Jesus says, what will be told to them is, depart from me, for I never knew you. Just like good works won't obtain your salvation, good works will not obtain your inheritance either. But this is the amazing reality of the gospel that I just can't get over. If you confess your sins, he will forgive you. He'll forgive you of your pride and your arrogance. This is the free gift of eternal life. That even though we are dead in our sins, God chose to save sinners like us. God chose to give us an inheritance. Trust in Jesus. Trust in Jesus and obtain this inheritance. How does Paul respond to obtaining this inheritance? When Paul is thinking through the reality of obtaining this inheritance, how does he respond? When we look at verse 12, we see how he responds. He responds this way a few times. So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. To the praise of his glory. This inheritance ultimately isn't for our glory, but for God's glory. 
And this reality that Paul is unfolding for us leads him to worship God all the more. You know, oftentimes when we think of an inheritance, we think of it in the 21st century form. You, you know, it is this, this check from this mystical ant that we get that we never knew, and on it, there's a letter that says, treat yourself. And so what we do is we take this expensive check and spend it on something that we would never even think about our aunt. The inheritance being spoken here is yes, for us, but, but for the praise of God's glory. The inheritance that we receive is not for our glory, but for God's glory. Listen to what a commentator, Matthew Henry, says about verse 12 here. He says, that is that we should live and behave ourselves in such a manner that his rich grace might be magnified and appear glorious and worthy of the highest praise. All is of God, and from him and through him, and therefore, all must be to him. Note this, or, or let me back up, and center in his praise. Note this, the glory of God is his own end, and it should be ours all in all that we do. Christian, through Christ, you have obtained an inheritance so then how does, your re how does your life reflect the reality that you have received an inheritance in Christ? That you have been promised an inheritance in Christ before the foundation of the world. Do you joyfully submit to God in obedience? Does this reality lead you to sing a joyful song like Paul does here in verses 3 through 14? Does it motivate you to talk about this inheritance to your family, to your friends, to your co-workers, to your kids around the dinner table? With an inheritance this big, There's no reason why we shouldn't love God more. What God starts, He finishes. In Christ, we have obtained an inheritance which should lead us to praise God. He predestined, He determined that we would receive this inheritance. But how in the world can we know or trust that this is a surefire inheritance? How can we know that this is a guaranteed, a definite uh, inheritance? Because what God starts, He finishes. There are are those who will say that it is possible to lose this inheritance.
This presumes, though, that man's free will is somehow stronger than God's divine sovereignty. Look at what Paul says next. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. There are a couple of important things here that we can't miss. The first part of this verse is speaking to the saving faith we experience. That is, when you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, and believed in Him. Who's the Him? Christ is the Him. You have heard it, and you believed in Christ. This has to do with the listening experience of the gospel. When you heard the gospel preached, Paul is saying, you heard the word of truth coming from my lips, you believed in Christ. Is it not true that there are those who seem to hear the melody of the gospel preached time after time after time and yet never fully submit in trust to Christ? It seems to hit all the right notes. But it doesn't lead them to saving faith. And then on the other hand, there are those who hear this melody and can't help but believe. And they start to sing along as if they had known this song by heart from birth. In this second part of the verse, we need to remember who Paul is speaking to. The church in Ephesus. The saints, the set-apart ones who are faithful in Christ. Those who have listened and believed in Christ. Paul is saying, it is those who have been sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Not long ago, it was common that a, a king needed to send out a letter. The letter would be written. It would be shoved into the envelope. Wax would be poured over the flap of the envelope to seal it. And then there was something pressed into the wax the royal seal, to signify and show that this letter had been sealed by royalty. It was important that the person who was receiving the letter knew that this was an important letter. A letter from the royal family. Not a false, not a fake but from the royal family. In a similar way, on profession of faith in Christ, you were given the promised Spirit. 
to mark you, to set you apart, to seal you for good and carry you on to your inheritance. The seal of the Spirit is the indicator that you are to receive the inheritance that you've obtained in Christ. If you are here this morning, your salvation. Look no further than this text. Read verses three through fourteen, and over and over again. When Christian in the Pilgrim's Progress is in a castle, and giant despair is coming to him. To time to make him whole. remembers this promise that he's been given. The seal that he had. This seal tells us that when we trust in Christ, we are sealed with the royal stamp of the Holy Spirit. And not only does the Holy Spirit seal us. Our passage goes on to tell us who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. Paul is saying the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance. Let's try to think about it like this. When you buy a home, in most cases, you put a down payment on it. This is the first payment of your house. It's an upfront payment. You don't get it back, so you've got to be serious about buying the house. When you put the down payment on a house, it shows it's yours now. You're going through with purchasing the home. Likewise, this is what we're seeing here when we see that the Holy Spirit is the guarantee. We could say that the Holy Spirit is the down payment of your inheritance. Upon profession of faith in Christ, God put the down payment of the Holy Spirit on you. This down payment is non-refundable. He sent the Holy Spirit to indwell you and to carry you out to completion. To keep you from stumbling. To blameless and holy to God. Your inheritance was not left up to you to obtain and keep. You've been sealed by the promised Holy Spirit to guarantee your inheritance. This isn't carried out by your good works. Oftentimes, 
this is how we function as Christians. We believe that Jesus died for my sins. We believe that it's through faith in Christ. But after that, then it's up to me to carry myself, to pull myself up by my bootstraps. Brother, sister, it's not your good works that somehow will keep you a Christian. You won't wake up a Christian tomorrow because of your good works that you did today. You wake up a Christian tomorrow because God determined that you would wake up a Christian tomorrow. He's promised it. If you've received the Holy Spirit, He's promised it. He's put the down payment of our inheritance in us until we acquire full possession of this inheritance. Because God starts what He finishes, He seals us with the promised Holy Spirit, which is the down payment of our inheritance until we take full possession of it. God will finish what He started. He will finish the good work that He started in you. And He makes it possible. From A to Z, salvation is carried out by God for God's glory. What a great news this is for sinners and saints. That God chose us in Him. He predestined us for adoption in Him. He redeemed us in Him and gave us an inheritance in Him. How much more should this cause us to worship our great and wonderful God? He looked at us with compassion. Looked at us with mercy. And made us a son, a daughter, through His Son's sacrifice. And then He seals us with the Spirit so we can obtain this inheritance one day. I've got nothing, I had no idea how to finish this message other than this. Glory be to God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that this salvation plan you thoroughly thought through. Would you help us to worship you all the more? Father, I, I want to be like Paul here who goes through and can't help but worship you knowing these great truths about you. Help us to do that. Amen.